Hello to all of our listeners out there and welcome to today's podcast entitled Social Media's Impact on Mental Wellness of Children and Youth, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Welcome to our podcast series, Coffee Talk, a podcast for parents and guardians on digital citizenship and mental wellness. This podcast is a series of discussions that we invite parents, guardians, or students to listen to. Being a parent or a guardian can be exciting, complex, and at times, challenging. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and we hope you consider grabbing a coffee or going on a walk as you consider the information provided today. In this episode of Coffee Talk, we will be listening to an episode entitled Social Media's Impact on Mental Wellness of Children and Youth, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This episode is hosted by students Jenna and and Camilla. In this episode, Dr. Miriam Metter, a good friend of Greater Saskatoon Catholic School Division, assists in our understanding of both the negative and positive impacts that social media is having on our young people's mental wellness. Also in this episode are tips for caregivers to minimize the negative effects that social media may have on children and youth. Additionally, this episode will refer to the authentic results from a Greater Saskatoon Catholic Schools survey completed by youth in grades 6 to 12 regarding their reality of social media usage. Social media is here to stay, but how we use it and react to it can change. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome and hello to all of the listeners out there today. My name is Jenna. And my name is Carmela. If you don't know who we are, we are current students in Greater Saskatoon Catholic Schools. We will be your hosts for today's episode and we appreciate all of you for joining us today. We are excited to learn and explore the topic of this episode, social media and its impact on mental wellness for children and youth. Joining our conversation today are two school counselors in the Greater Saskatoon Catholic Schools, Kim and Leanne. Welcome. Thank you. My name is Kim Trush. I'm a school counselor with the Greater Saskatoon Catholic School Division. I have been with GSCS for almost 20 years. I have served both high schools and elementary, but currently mostly provide services to elementary schools. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And I am Leanne Hodek. I am a school counselor at Edifian Catholic High School in Saskatoon. I have been with the division about 27 years and I'm a school counselor for close to 20. So thank you for having me here today. I'm I'm looking forward to the dialogue. All right. And in this episode, we will be welcoming a very special guest, Dr. Miriam Metter, to assist us in our understanding of the impact of social media on youth's mental wellness, specifically regarding youth anxiety and depression. She will also help us explore some tips and tricks for caregivers who may be concerned about their youth's online activity. A huge welcome to Saskatoon pediatrician and mom to three young adults, Dr. Miriam Metter, currently teaches in the College of Medicine and has been a mentor in the lives of many young physicians and pediatricians on their journey through the College of Medicine. Additionally, through a partnership with Greater Saskatoon Catholic School Division and Saskatoon Tribal Council, Dr. Metter was instrumental in the creation of the first-of-its-kind school-based pediatric clinic in Saskatoon. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Metter. Dr. Metter, can you tell us about St. Mary's Clinic and the work that you do there? Thank you so much for that very kind introduction. 
The pediatric school-based clinics have been in existence for about 15 years. Um, since May 2007, we've worked in schools. I am so fortunate to be part of the partnership you mentioned, Carmela. Um, Greater Saskatoon Catholic School Division and the Saskatoon Tribal Council, both organizations that are instrumental in helping us bring um, school-based health to Saskatoon. And they have really made the effort and work to provide specialized pediatric care to children and youth in Saskatoon. We provide access to care for children and youth and for families who experience barriers to specialist pediatric services. Working in schools allows us to see children and youth who would otherwise struggle to see a pediatrician. I'm fortunate to work in a multidisciplinary environment with some very exceptional people. I think they're the best colleagues ever. Um, I work with two pediatricians, Dr. Karen Lees and Kaylee Hilary, therapists Myrna Willock and Sherry Martin, Joel Hubick from the Lung Association, and Lena Thomas, who's been our administrative assistant and currently Alexa Zeha, who is helping us. And of course, I work with the most amazing school counsellors, Kim and Leanne, are two of them, um, and really educators from both the school divisions, both the public and the Catholic school division. The most common reason for children and youth to access our services are for symptoms related to their mental health. So things like anxiety disorders, mood disorders, and uh, mood disorders such as depression, and issues related to attention. And of course, many of the environmental factors that uh, a lot of kids and families struggle with. We're able to work with our patients and their caregivers in order to provide consistent care that is non-judgmental. So that's us in a nutshell. Thank you, Dr. Matter. And to all of those critical people at the clinic, uh, Leanne and I, being school counselors, have referred countless students and families your way. And we always know they're in good hands. Yes, they are. Earlier this year in Greater Saskatoon Catholic Schools, there was an opportunity for students to share some of their feedback around their social media usage and their online presence. All students in grades 6 to 12 were invited to respond to a survey. And so these are their voices. These are what we're hearing from the young people and the children that are in our community. Um, Some of the top answers around what are some of the daily negative impacts they're encountering when online. The top four were loss of sleep, increased anxiety, an inability to focus in class or in their daily life, and feelings of sadness. Some of the additional concerns that were raised through this process included things like experiencing racism. There was also an unrealistic body image expectation. Other things included um, challenges around addiction to social media, the expectation of constant availability and, and being responsive when someone texted or posted something, people saying mean things about posts or pictures, And with that, uh, sometimes the the piece around sites that allow people to post comments or responses that are anonymous, that brings with it that piece about hiding behind the screen. Also, another concern was cyberbullying. Just to plug here for our sister podcast, we have a cyberbullying podcast that's been created as well in GSCS, so please tune into that. And one of the last things that was a challenge included inappropriate picture requests from peers or other people online. So that's some heavy stuff. Again, this is the young people and our children in our community that are sharing these concerns with us. So they are feeling the burden. And Dr. Metter, we know that there are challenges for young people like us that come with social media use. In your professional experience, what kind of impact is social media having on the mental health wellness of youth? Uh, What are the trends that you are seeing? So the survey that Leanne just talked about really reflects what we are seeing in the literature Even though research related to social media 
is really in its infancy because social media has really just taken off in the last probably 15 or so years. Most existing data related to social media and mental health is what we call observational, meaning that it is more difficult to prove cause and effect. But this data is still valuable because it provides information about potential benefits and risks and also gives us an idea as to what's happening in the community and on the ground. A number of considerations in the discussion around social media and mental health um, needs to be sort of talked about. First, we need to be clear about what we are referring to when we talk about social media. And that's probably more for sort of the older people like myself on this podcast or listening to the podcast because you young people know everything about social media. <laughs> social media is, divide, uh, is defined as any digital tool or the applications that allow users to interact socially and to both consume and create content. And that's different from traditional media such as TV. We need to recognize the diverse landscape and the enormous volume of digital content that teens are currently being exposed to. And then, of course, still newer technologies that are being developed. The second point I want to make is that digital technology use is almost universal in children and teens' lives. And we know that. Chances are teens have been exposed to social media prior to entering their teens and kids are being exposed at younger ages. There's been an exponential increase over the last 10 plus years with more children and adolescents using more technology. In the US, numbers have doubled between uh, 2012 and 2017. It's up from 33 to about 70% using social media multiple times a day. And then, very importantly, about one in five adolescents suffer from a diagnosable mental health disorder with rates of depression, anxiety and suicide rates having increased over the past number of years. Adolescence represents a period of heightened risk for the onset of mental illness, and we need to understand the different strengths and vulnerabilities of teens that may predispose certain teens to respond to social media in maladaptive ways. You know, people with good social connections or not, that's going to affect how they respond to social media, academic struggles, and of course the pandemic, um, and so forth. So the increased rates of mental health distress has paralleled the steep rise of social media use and therefore there's this concern of the impact of social media on mental health on the developing brain of children and youth. So studies demonstrate that screen time, the amount of time that you spend on social media, seems to be the determining factor in healthy media use with excessive use defined as more than six hours a day associated with negative effects. Also important is the type, the content, and the context, which all influence the effects of social media on children and youth. It's not clear whether increased use causes lower well-being or whether lower well-being results in increased use, and there's a sort of this bi-directional relationship. There is an association between excessive use of social media and depression, and being the receiver of negative content correlated with internalizing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Adolescents with fewer or no close friends who passively surf, so just scrolling through social media sites and there's no reciprocity involved, experience more depression and anxiety. And that's some of the stuff that you talked about, Leanne, that came up in the student survey. Studies show, and this was, and this is important for parents to note, that parental rules are declining. So there's less monitoring happening at home, with subsequent increased risk of youth and children visiting inappropriate sites. 
especially younger teen boys. And because the adolescent brain is still learning about impulse control and self-regulation, risk-taking is a huge concern because that ability to think through consequences is just not quite as developed yet. Of course, this is a generalization. Not everybody, um, you know, have the same capacity to think through consequences. And of course, the variability depends on some of those other external factors I mentioned um, earlier on. We know that socially anxious and depressed teenagers, so there's this already this predisposition, so kids with fewer close friends are more likely to connect with strangers online, to self-disclose more, and probably post inappropriate content. And studies certainly support this. Frequent media multitasking is, is linked with um, you know, academic impact, so lower math and English scores and decreased working memory, which is so essential in being able to process and retrieve information. Cyber victimization, that is being ignored. Negative comments about appearance, spreading rumors or lies about um, the other person is associated with higher rates of self-harm and suicidal behaviors. And then being socially excluded or there's drama on social media by one's peers um, sometimes putting, um, you know, other people against someone specific, lying about that person online or put youth at risk. When youth are exposed to risky content, this predisposes them to taking risks and risk-taking behavior. Defenses are lowered. One becomes immune and accustomed to risky content, so to speak. And so, you know, behaviors become more risky as time goes by in a similar manner that one might grow accustomed to images of violence over time. I mean, recently in the news, there's been lots of gun violence but when you see it over and over again um, there's this immunity that sort of um, you know people become somewhat apathetic so to speak to that kind of content. A particular concern is the readily available content related to suicide and self-injury. Social media content often involves normalization and even promotion of self-harm and suicidality among youth. Explicit depictions of self-harm that can be quite graphic are easily available. Of particular concern are the harmful viewer comments that really speaks to recovery. And here, too, there is a dose-response relationship. The more you expose, the worse it can be. The harm of social comparison and selective self-presentation in regards to one's own accomplishments, abilities, and appearance is quite harmful and feeds into this rise in disordered eating, social anxiety, and depression. A critical consideration in the use of social media is this notion of displacement. So what other activities are being replaced by the use of social media? And again, it's excessive use. You know, is sleep being replaced? Mobile screen time prior to bed have been linked to poorer sleep outcomes, so shorter sleep duration, poor sleep quality, and increased waking. You know, is social media displacing physical activity or time with family? And those are all important considerations. The one other point that I want to make is that it's so easy for misinformation to spread about one's peers and certainly about, you know, issues within the community or in the world at large. Lots to think about, Dr. Matter. Thank you. Um, previously, you mentioned, you know, in, in our work, I know Leanne would, would agree with this, young students in our elementary system, high school students in the, in the high school system, we see challenges that you're speaking of every day that we go to work. And they seem to be more frequent and they seem to be of increased intensity. So, you know, certainly in our lived experience, we're definitely seeing what you're speaking. 
In the Greater Saskatoon Catholic uh, School survey that was previously mentioned, um, students were asked, what, if any, are the advantages about being connected online? What are the good things about being able to connect online? The respondents for the majority stated that the advantages are the connection that they can have with family and friends, the ability to learn new things, and that social media is a place that they can be accepted and make new friends that share the same interests. Yeah, there's definitely some very good points there. There's definitely some pros to social media, but also negative impacts for social media. And for our third question for Dr. Metter, from your perspective, are there any positive effects or benefits of social media on the mental wellness of youth? So I'm glad that you've asked this question. And I want to make one point, um, which is fairly important, that sort of ties in with the positive effects in the question you just asked. And that is this, that while population-based studies suggest a link between social media use and mental distress amongst youth, the impact of these technologies may vary among individuals, and I alluded to that earlier, and some may be less susceptible to harm. It's not all doom and gloom, and certainly not everyone is affected in the same manner. So the reality is that social media is a part of the fabric of all of our lives, and it's here to stay. Unless my imaginary magic wand, which I use in my clinic very often and at home, uh, becomes real, and I'm able to permanently disable all social media technology and video games, except texting and emailing. But I'm kidding. As I alluded to earlier, the impact of social media on mental health is nuanced. There are opportunities for promoting adolescent mental health. And again, um, there's a dose-response relationship. So screen time, the amount of time that kids spend on devices is important. And so there is a positive effect. So feeling good about oneself related to moderate use, which is about two to four hours a day. Friendship is a leading motivator for use of social media, and this was, is reflected in the, uh, in the survey, with a positive effect on youth mental health. One can stay connected through social media, one can make new friends, social media can enhance social connectedness, that sense of belonging, which is so important for all of us. The validation of feelings, so sharing thoughts or feelings with peers and having these affirmed, that can be so incredibly powerful and empowering, and it really does boost people's confidence. Particularly for youth with mental illness, online support may be protected protective. Youth are able to access productive mental health information that allows for self-expression, promoting creativity. Social media use can foster that sense of belonging and it can create an interest and awareness of issues in one's community, allowing for civic engagement and advocacy and sort of counter, uh, sort of counterbalancing some of that misinformation that I mentioned earlier on. Lastly, being able to access internet-based mental health resources and therapies with minimal barriers to access is extremely beneficial, particularly for youth who are isolated or may not be able to access in-person resources. Thank you for sharing. Um, there are many studies out there that suggest our idea of beauty, specifically amongst females, is being altered by social media. What are your thoughts on social media impacting our idea of beauty? Has this had any impact on the mental wellness of young people? So one in 10 teens report using the internet to pretend that they are someone else. That is a significant number of children and youth. 
Social comparison and selective self-presentation, as I mentioned earlier, is common practice, unfortunately. Individuals posting images that are carefully crafted to portray themselves in a positive light. So misrepresenting, um, you know, the ability, uh, the clothes, image, and all of this creates a false sense of perfection, of, of everything being wonderful and amazing in that person's life. It creates uh, a perception that other people are happier, more attractive, if you're the one looking at those um, images that have been crafted. What goes along with this is then subsequently engaging in negative comparisons uh, to others. Studies have shown that higher levels of appearance-specific comparisons on social media, so browsing Facebook in this one particular study of this Facebook that was studied, may heighten the risk for disordered eating and body image concerns compared to individuals who actually just browse appearance-neutral websites. The idea of what beauty is is therefore greatly distorted by some of these social media websites. I completely agree with Dr. Mutter. I personally have struggled with such things, and I feel that a lot of other girls and boys alike have also struggled with these things. And lastly, for our listeners, do you have any advice to share that may minimize the negative effects that social media may have on the mental health of young people? Yes, so specifically for the adults in the lives of children and youth, a heavy-handed and punitive approach, so my magic wand is just not helpful. Creating a safe space to have an open dialogue with children and teenagers is important, and the approach should be one of harm reduction in order to mitigate the negative effects of social media. Uh, We talk about sort of the four M's, and the first M is managing teens' screen use and children's uh, screen use. So that means setting boundaries, working to create screen-free times as an example, reviewing your child's time online and the content they are accessing, to be present and to discuss the platforms that are being used. Parents should discourage multitasking. Uh, Parents should discuss appropriate and inappropriate online behaviors, what to share, what not to share, um, and really need to learn about privacy settings and parental controls. Ideally, everybody, and that includes the adults, should be avoiding uh, screen time about an hour before bedtime. The next M is meaningful, so meaningful screen use. Promoting social media content that are social and encourage meaningful interaction. So I talked about appearance neutral websites or social media um, use where there's reciprocity. And in addition to that, prioritizing daily routines. So making time for each other, for family, for sleep, for physical activity. The next M is about modeling healthy screen use, and this is something that I feel extremely strongly about. Parents and caregivers must review their own media use and set the example and model good behavior in regards to social media use. One randomized study showed that heavy parental smartphone use was associated with poorer quality of interactions with their children. We need to monitor for signs of problematic use, and these would include difficult behaviours in response to setting limits to screen time and or negative emotions after being online or uh, gaming. Screen time that interferes with sleep or with face-to-face interactions are all problematic, and these need to be addressed immediately. Responsible social media use in order to mitigate harm requires a collective approach. And part of that is that we as parents, as healthcare workers, as educators, as coaches, all need to step up and lend our voice to the issue as part of public awareness campaigns, 
and we all need to model healthy use. Dr. Metter, we are so thankful to you and your team for the commitment and services you provide to the Saskatoon families. We are grateful for your time, knowledge, and experiences you have shared with us today. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And a huge thank you to our student hosts today, Jenna and Carmela, for leading this very critical conversation. If you're interested in any further information about this topic, please click on, click on the links provided in the description of this podcast on the GSCS website at www.gscs.ca. Take care out there. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast called Coffee Talk, a podcast for parents and guardians on digital citizenship and mental wellness. Have an amazing day. Thank you.